0: good morning good morning and uh, thank you so much for having me here this morning to speak it is always a privilege to be able to open the Word of God uh, to hear what he has to say for us um, thank you Hannah for the invitation and I had her say that I'd been here in Southampton for 15 years because as you can tell from my accent I was not born here um, It's a long story, my life, which we will not go into. But I was born in California uh, and I only miss the sun January through March. That's all I'll say. (laughs) That is all I'll say. Um, But join me in praying as we come to hear from the Word of God this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, we your people, to sit at your feet. And learn from your word about you so Lord we invite your Holy Spirit to give us ears to hear and eyes to see soften and open our hearts to learn from you this morning amen so I've been told that you've been going through a summer series on the Psalms so these next few words As an introduction maybe words that you have already heard but I I think they're really important to remember and consider whenever we look at the Psalms and the first thing is that to remember that Psalms are poetry so they in their original language often used rhyming methods that are often lost in translation but they'll often repeat repeat words or phrases to make a point they will use exaggeration to make a point they're full of metaphors and picture language and they are full of emotion theologian and writer Eugene Peterson said that the Psalms speak for us they enable us to express our emotions and thoughts in conversation with God I like to think of it As that they give us an example of what it's like to be human before God with all the range of emotions that we can feel when you don't know what to say when you don't know what to do with your feeling very likely there's a psalm that will give you words to express that and it's not surprising then that the Psalms tend to be classified by the kind of emotion they're expressing so we have psalms of praise. We have psalms of assent that were sung corporately as people, the people of God, were walking up to Jerusalem. We have psalms, they're called this very fancy word, the imprecatory psalms, that call down condemnation on God's enemies. Who could think that we could do that? But there are occasions when we want to do that. There are psalms of lament and despair. But this morning we're going to be taking a brief look at Psalm 91 which is considered a wisdom psalm and if you do have your Bibles I would encourage you to keep them open there as we'll look at the the verses um, this morning but this was considered a wisdom psalm that was often used and spoken and prayed during times of great difficulty now how timely I think given that the last two years that we've all gone through and we may have all been affected in different ways in these last two years but I can say that at least in my life for many different reasons the last two years have been a great challenge so what does Psalm 91 in particular have to say to us today again the context of this psalm is a time of great difficulty Now, the exact nature of this difficulty, we don't know for sure, but the language used in verses 3 through 8, if you were just to glance over those, that language seems to indicate that there is some sort of disaster going around. Deadly plague has been uh, put forth as as a possibility where people are falling, death and ill, by the thousands to their left and his right. Of the writer. Whatever it is, it is very clear that there is danger all around. There is a threat. And notice the language used in verses five and six. This threat is around at day and in the night, at dark and at the midday. It's a great example of the way the Psalms use many different words to say, This is a danger. This is a threat all the time. It's all around me. I wonder, have you ever been overwhelmed by challenges in life that seem to keep coming and coming and coming? It can be exhausting to have to be ever vigilant, alert to danger. It can be really tiring and debilitating to feel so overwhelmed all the time. Now, given those words in 5 and 6, that this danger is all around, you'd think that the tone of this psalm would be maybe a bit more oppressive or heavy. But listen to the tone and the words used in these verses. Look in verse 3. Surely he will save you. And in verse 4, he will cover you verse 10 no harm will overtake you verse 11 he will command his angels to guard you and in verse 14 the words rescue and protect verse 15 he will answer he will be with you in trouble he will deliver he will honor you and in verse 16 satisfy it's a very different tone than you would expect from someone who feels completely surrounded and overwhelmed by danger who is the psalmist talking about who is doing all these action words to save and cover and guard in the middle of this possible pandemic that's going on now the answer might seem obvious maybe that's an obvious question to ask who is he talking about but if psalms are showing us how it means to be human before god if they speak for us before God, then it is obvious that the writer of the psalm is pointing us to God as the source of all these actions of refuge and rescue. And in fact, I think that the heart and foundation of this psalm is clearly set out right from the start in verse 1. The Bible is a very intriguing book at times and one of the things that i do teach uh at the course that hannah was talking about is that we always need to start with god with what it tells us about god so what does this psalm have to say to us today look at verse one because i do think as i just said that that is the heart and foundation on which the whole rest of the psalm is built verse one whoever dwells in the shelter of the most high will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Is it too much to say, too obvious, that the rest of the psalm is an unfolding of this truth and reality set out in verse 1? And what is this picture that the psalmist is painting for us here? Listen again. Whoever. Whoever. That means all of us or any of us but look what comes next whoever dwells lives makes their home sets down roots walks in the way of the Most High in the shelter of the Most High could we say under the covering of or might we say under the will and rule and reign of the Most High the one true God, the awesome, the powerful, the loving, compassionate, merciful God. Whoever dwells, whoever lives there will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty, in the shadow of that shelter, under the covering of his will and reign. Wow, I think. That verse what a statement what a claim to make and it is because of the description given in verse 1 that the psalmist is unable to say in verse 2 so I will say to the Lord under this shelter he is my refuge my fortress my God in whom I trust he can only say verse 2 because of where he's living in verse 1 So I just want to pause for a minute for with these two verses. And again, just noticing that f- the first thing I want to notice is that word dwell. It's kind of an old-fashioned word. We don't usually use it very much anymore. But it's where we live. Can you see the, the relationship implied here? This is not just a casual passing by of the psalmist before god this is a living with a setting down roots kind of relationship and i think we need to take note of that secondly i want to point out so where is the psalmist dwelling in the shelter of the most high a couple of implications here there's an implication that the most high is the one true god there is no other power that is greater or higher It's the most high with capital letters. And the psalmist lives and dwells in his shelter. I imagine an umbrella that I'm living under. And I'm not under that umbrella because it's raining. I'm just under it because I live there all the time, whether it's raining or not. I've put myself under the will and the rule and the reign of this almighty God. And that's how I can find rest. So thirdly, I want to think about this word rest. What kind of rest are we talking about here? This isn't a long nap that we get to have in the face of calamity while God takes care of all the danger around us. Rather, it's an active rest that comes out of trust of the Most High God. I almost find that it makes sense That living in the shelter of the Most High there I will be able to live and step into the trust that he's in control you see the confident tone of the rest of this psalm is only possible because of the relationship between the psalmist and God we get a further glimpse of this relationship in verse 14 where we hear the Lord's voice saying the Lord says because he the psalmist loves me because he loves me again because he's living and dwelling in and under the shelter of the most high but because he loves me i will rescue him i will protect him for he acknowledges my name he knows me that's the lord speaking of the psalmist this is someone who knows the name of the lord this is someone who knows that he is the only true god and loves god and acknowledges that all the time 24 7 and how do I know that it's 24 7 that the psalmist is acknowledging God because he dwells with him again I mentioned an umbrella because that just image works for me but if I had an umbrella over me all the time if I had something bigger you'd see it because you're that sh- you see the shadow of it around you all the time as the Sun and moon it will cast different shapes and you will know that that thing is on top of you. And so the psalmist can rest and trust that God is in control, even in the face of dangers and calamities, because he has a relationship with God. And out of that relationship, he has experience with God. And also then knows the promises of God that we see in verse 15 and 16. I will protect him. I will, he will call on my name and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him. I will give him, show him my salvation. He can hold to those promises because he knows God is faithful to his promises. So let me ask you this morning, are you dwelling with God? And What does that look like in your life? Or let me ask it another way. Are you living under the rule and the reign of the Most High? There's one final observation I want to make about this psalm that I think is really important because what are we to make of the words In the psalm that speak of the harm not coming near you and harm not overtaking you where it says that disaster will not come near your tent is this a promise that harm will never befall us that if we dwell with God as I've been talking about that nothing bad will ever happen to us I think the reality is that we know from the experience in life and walking with God that harm does come to us Bad things do happen. Now it's interesting to note that this psalm, in talking about refuge, talks about rescue. A rescue usually implies that someone's in the middle of something bad happening and they need rescuing. Look at verse fifteen. I will be with him or her in trouble. I will be there in the midst of it. I can't help but think of the line in Psalm 23 Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are there with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. This is wisdom learned in and through relationship with God. You see, God is ultimately our refuge, our safe place, not just because of immediate positive results, but because as God, he can see the end from the beginning. And he is saying to the psalmist, trust me, and all will be well. When we live in the shelter of God, our eyes focused on him alone, it changes our perspective. And only then when we see god can we truly believe that even in the midst of challenge and trouble and hardship that all will be well in the end we were just singing blessed be your name i can't remember all the words when it's sunny when it's hard blessed be your name every blessing you pour no every What does it go? I'll turn back to praise. I can't remember. It totally has gone from my head. But I had asked Hannah that we could sing that because I think that song really shows the psalmist's heart in living and dwelling in the shadow of the Almighty. Today, you and I, as New Testament believers, we even have more experience of God than the psalmist to help us trust as we live under his shelter because we have had the experience to know Jesus who lived a sinless life and yet had hardship and pain endured the cross to show us that he could conquer even death and Satan and ultimately is the one true God we even more today as we dwell with Christ can trust him And rest in that trust, the example that he lived so that we can have the confidence that God is our refuge and our strength and our protector. Is that enough to know that? When we're surrounded by hardship on every side, when loss seems like our only companion, when we face enemies who want to pull us down. For Jesus, it was enough to seek his father's face, even in his moment of greatest suffering for centuries Christian martyrs it has been enough to know that in the end God is always victorious so that even in death he was their refuge I want to share with you a brief experience that I had um, back in California many years ago with my middle child driving on the freeway um motorway um I looked in my rearview mirror and I, I did I knew nothing she was a year old I knew nothing about something called febrile seizures but anyway she had had one she was ashen gray she was not breathing and I pulled over traffic because this is LA Los Angeles traffic is zooming past me jumped out of the car This is before cell phones. I did not have a cell phone. They were new. They were new. Uh, Some people had those big ones. Remember those big ones? But I jumped out, pulled her out of her car seat, and uh, she was absolutely limp. She was not, she stopped breathing, and she was gray. And I just didn't know what to do. I remember holding her close, and I, I had an experience that I, to me, was like this shelter of umbrella Because my head thought well I thought she was possibly already dead or dying. I just I I just you know those seconds that seem like forever. I did not know what to do in that second. And I remember holding her and think if she is dying, you know, they always say, We'll never know for sure, but that hearing is the last thing that you and I thought I I need her to know that she is in the arms of the Almighty. So I held her there like this. And she's still completely all limp and and gray and, and not breathing. And um, I started whispering in her ear, I love you. Jesus loves you. You are his. This little one-year-old, I love you. Jesus loves you. You are his. And for that second, this is why I like the umbrella, because I could feel... The shadow of the almighty over me and for a second sorry my husband said you can tell this story if you don't cry um for there was this second that i knew with every fiber of my being that if i even if i whatever was to happen i didn't know what was going to happen but i thought whatever happens it'll be okay because god is here his love was covering. I have never felt that. I still live sometimes my life, I think, back on that moment because it was so tangible, that covering over me. Now, someone might come and say, would you still believe that if, you know, if all of your family perished? By God's grace, that's what we cling to that's what we were singing about when we say will I walk in this way to say blessed be his name whatever happens because I am his and he is mine and I dwell in the shadow of the Almighty when you live there he will give you what you need to face each and every day he promises to walk with you through every valley, through every hardship. Our eyes fixed on Christ changes everything. Our perspective of hardship will even change, and it will change us. And we are promised that in the end, all will be well. God is our refuge now and for eternity. And that is a truth that we can truly rest on. Thank you for listening.